Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Warrior Talk. This is Sean. And this is Matt. And we are almost to the end of the fall sports season at Danville. It has flown by, I mean, it's one of those, like, you you get excited for the state tournaments and everything, but it's kind of bittersweet because you know the seasons are coming to an end. Yeah. We had a couple seasons end this past week. Yeah, it was... Unfortunate, you know, not the results you want, but, you know, the cross-country team, the boys' team specifically, uh, they qualified for semi-state over there at, uh, I believe it was Shelbyville. And, you know, they came up, you know, a little short. I, I don't think they were, I don't know what the expectations were, but, you know, for for a Danville team to qualify two years in a row for semi-state uh, is pretty good. They got 17th, I believe, overall. As a team, correct. As a team, and... You know, we are, the two individuals we've been kind of following all year, Jackson Swisher and uh, Sam Comer, uh, I, I think Sam didn't have the result he wanted. I, obviously, Jackson probably didn't either, but uh, but strong, yeah. strong seasons. You know, a couple runner-up and some big tournaments and first-place finish for, Sam, or for Comer this year. Uh, it, it was a good year. Well, we were even talking about we were even talking about it before, you know, we got online here that it's a one class sport. You know, I don't yeah, know how many I don't know how many one class sports there are. I think tennis, boys tennis is still one class. Yeah. Um uh, maybe golf. Golf definitely is. I, I can attest to that. Yeah, there's not many. So you but... don't want to say like the you don't want to say a popular versus a non popular sport, but I mean uh, you know, I think a one class system is hard for Danville. Yeah, we've highlighted how soccer going to three classes has completely revolutionized our season, our preparation for our season, our expectations, the goals that we set. Um, I don't know how long basketball has been in the class system that they're in. I don't know if you can remember any of that. It was like 96, 97 is when class basketball kind of, you know, made its debut in Indiana, at least at the basketball level. And it's kind of crazy, especially in Indiana. People are all for the class system in football. Right. But you have the traditionalists that hate class basketball, class basketball. Right. So it's kind of give and take. But the way I kind of look at it is like it's more the individual sports. Yeah. Where it's single class. It's like you're either Wrestling. good or you're not. Yeah. Right. You're either good or you're not. You know, it's it's one of those where, yeah, you have that team aspect, but it's more about, you know, what can you do as an individual? That's a fair observation to have. Well, uh, I think, you know, we definitely congratulate oh, the def- whole cross-country team, boys and girls. Um, but, but, you know, just singling out Swisher and Comer. Uh, great season, guys. Really proud of you. Oh, yeah. I can't say can't say enough about those two you know they put the work in and you know I know for Sam you know he goes right into basketball for us and you know Jackson's probably getting ready for maybe the track season or something like that so yeah that's his senior year Jackson's senior year but we'll get a chance to see Sam I think he's a sophomore correct yes so we'll get to see him for a few more years running cross country maybe able to just take what he's experienced this year and just continue to build on that yeah Uh, and then also uh, the volleyball team, an unbelievable season. Uh, their season came to an end on Saturday morning. You know, it was a 10 o'clock game against Brebuff. They lost in four sets. And you know what? They were in every set. Yeah. It, it was 
even on the losing end of it, it was unbelievable, exciting volleyball to watch. Like that was just what it was, was the, what awesome. was the atmosphere like at a ten a.m. It, it was crazy. I mean, you could tell Brabuff didn't have the crowd yeah. we did. Obviously, hosting the regional helped a, a bunch, but yeah. you know we had a mob section going, and uh, it it was just awesome. You know, parents leading cheers. You know, yeah. in the stands and. Uh, it it was just a lot of fun. So, is that the dog? Yeah, that's that's our that's my dog. Uh, so <laughs> she's being a little nosy right now. But you know, like I said, the volleyball team, you know, they were in every set. Lot, you, you know what? Honestly, it was one of those that like it it came early. You know, they the first set was back and forth. You know, like we've talked about all years. It's a it's a sport of runs. Yeah. And it was one of those, you know, Danville was in perfect position to win that first set. And they like I don't want to say they gave it away, but it was Burbuff eked it out. Yeah. And it was one of those like you could if it a weaker team would have probably crumbled and been like I, I even told I sat there, I was like I told Jess, it's like, that one's going to be tough to swallow. That first set's going to be really tough to swallow. And Danville came right back, got down 12-3 to in the second set, and came storming back and won the second set. So it was right there. And then the third and fourth sets, I mean, there were like two, three, four-point games. So it it was a lot of fun. Really great atmosphere. Uh, And you couldn't ask for anything more, especially from the seniors. Yeah. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> having the same season as volleyball, a lot of our games intertwined together, so it was really hard for me to get a chance to come out and to watch watch them play. But I know, like, I brought my daughter to one of the games, and, you know, she loved it. It was a, an amazing atmosphere. It's definitely something that I'm going to try and make more more effort next season, I think, to just to continue yeah. to come support the different teams that are involved uh, especially volleyball i think we're super proud uh i don't think i know we're super proud of them uh an amazing senior class yeah and and that's kind of the really cool part you know as tough as it is to see the seniors go out and you know i think a couple of them may actually be playing at the the collegiate level uh you get to see these younger players come back right and you look forward to that next season you know, it's, it's. Well, I even got a chance to go to seventh uh, and eighth grade game to see what the younger warrior teams have, and they they're ready. You know, yeah. I mean, like it's a great program. Uh, Danville Middle School is a great feeder system into the high school, so I think the future is definitely bright for Danville volleyball as Coach Thomas continues to push. You know, oh, her yeah. her expectations and her vision for what Danville volleyball will be. So we're pretty excited about that as well. Yeah, and we're looking forward to uh, she kind of <laughs> agreed at, as soon as the season was done to kind of, you know, talk to us a little bit. So we're looking forward to that. We'll we'll have that hopefully here in the next week or two. Yep. Uh all right. So football is is the other sport that still has it's season going on, and yeah, they had a uh, sectional game on Friday. Yep, opening round uh, at South Vermilion. Not exactly a fun drive. It's, it's pretty much over by the Indiana-Illinois border, okay. more or less. So not a fun drive, but, you know, Danville got off to a really good start. I think, I believe the final score was 55-14. Uh, to 14. Uh, I, I can't, 
I watched the game. I should know this. Uh, I watched the game. They were able to stream it uh, online. Uh, so that that was really nice. Jess and I kind of just sat here on Friday night and watched it. And I'll tell you what, it it was a it was a balanced balanced kind of victory as it has been, you know, pretty much all year. Uh, the offense, fifty five points. That's just kind of who they are right now. The special teams got in on it. Austin Cower with a ninety yard kickoff return. Um, so. It, it was it was really good. Looking at the stats, I mean, you know, Toby Highland five touchdown passes, but Schubert and Skinner also got in on the action on the rushing game, each with a touchdown. Stevens two receptions for a hundred yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's really kind it's of the efficient. bread and butter. I mean, that's <laughs> that, the bread and butter of what they do. Yeah, and you you really you know Stevens is kind of like the big play guy. Uh, he can turn anything into anything. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. it's one of those. And then you kind of you have Mark Broderick, who's you know that possession receiver. He kind of goes over the middle quite a bit in the slot. You got Lucan down the sideline, yep. who seems to make an incredible catch at least once a game. And then to me, what stood out from the receivers this time around was just Burton's size. Right. right? There, there was no one South Vermillion could throw out there that would be able to guard him, you know, couple, you know, that's, that's Highland's best friend out there. It's like, you don't have to be real accurate around him. You just got to make sure it's high enough to where he's the only one that's going to go get it and he'll go get it. I mean, he's six, five, probably, I mean, that's being generous. Well, not generous, but he's a a division one athlete. Yeah. I mean, he's going to the university of Ohio to, you know, to play football. And it's just like, you just, you really, it really stood out to me for this particular game. Yeah. So, Yep. Well, and then so, they yes, are you going to go into next week's game? Well, of course I am. Yes, go ahead. No, I mean, what 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 more could you ask for? You know, you we complained about the South Vermilion drive, but having that game there is worth having the home game this upcoming week against Tri West. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tri West just absolutely pounced Monrovia this past week. Um, I thought it was going to be a better game than that. Monrovia a little down. Uh, after I, I've, from what I understand, their star running back got hurt. Um, so they've been ha- it's been a tough year for Monrovia, especially after two, two amazing years back to back. It's the only reason they're in three A right now is because of those two amazing years. Right. But so Monrovia's down. Tri West blitz them. Uh, Tyler Watson, like we got into last week, he's more comfortable with the offense now. Right. The Danville game was the first time he really played quarterback right. for an extended amount of time. Yeah, so they played earlier in the season, September 15th, and Danville beat them 27-14. to And really, I think on a repeat game, a sectional game, a home game for Danville, but you know Tri-West travels. Yeah, so, I it's, mean, not, really, it's, it's not that a, far. It's almost like a neutral territory kind right. of game. Uh I mean, you throw everything out. History is out the books, out the books, out the window, and I mean, really, it's just anybody's game. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be what the thing like both teams kind of kind of lean on is the first game. Danville was not going to say they played well. You know what I mean? It's like right. w- w- they didn't play well, still won. Tri West is looking at it. Well, hey, we had a brand new quarterback. Right. You know, uh, w- we don't think we played well. We held Danville to twenty-seven points, and <clears throat> right. you know, for 
for a team that's averaging probably over 30 a game, that's pretty good. Right. So it, both teams are going to kind of draw from that a little bit, a little bit of that confidence. Now, you're not going to see the same same teams, right? but you can kind of just draw from that. Yeah, yeah. So Warriors get out to the game, get there early. Yes, get there early. Get the seats, get all the seats that you can. Um, you know, we definitely want to pack this house out and not let it be anywhere like a home game for Tri-West. No. What I do like about, or I guess it's bittersweet, is the fact that our visiting stands are actually pretty big, so Tri-West is going to be able to yeah. fit quite a few of their fans in there, and it's just going to be awesome. Yep. I can't wait. could be cold and wet, so dress appropriately. I think it actually is, which, I mean, you know, if we're kind of looking at that game with that kind of type of weather, I mean, do we know who that benefits? Um, I would probably say Tri-West slightly, only because it can turn a team, I'm not saying it will, but it can turn a team one-dimensional. Yeah. Not to say that Danville can't run the ball, they obviously can, right. but... Having the threat of the pass is is part of what it makes them effective. So, right. uh, it's gonna. I think it's gonna benefit. I don't think it's gonna benefit necessarily either team. Right. But if I were to lean yeah. one way, I think it would benefit Tri West just. Okay. Well, we're hoping to be able to report a uh, a victory yep, in our next absolutely. podcast, and looking forward to that. Uh, I believe it would be a sectional title game. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure where that would be, but we won't look ahead. Yes, we will not look ahead. All right. That's it, really. Uh, all the report for Danville Athletics. We know that the girls' basketball team is in full swing with yep. practice right now. Um, they actually, on the 28th, have a, uh, a scrimmage at Covenant Christian. So if you're if you're irking for some uh, girls' basketball, you better get out there. And then uh, their season is just right two weeks away. Yep, right two weeks away. So we are we are very excited about that. Looking forward to highlighting the girls' basketball team in the next few weeks and uh, getting a chance to help you get to know the Lady Warriors and uh, just again pushing you out to to celebrate and and cheer on that team. So uh, I'm trying to think here what. Well, let's let's do our back in our day in history. Our day in history. All right, so we have every week we want to highlight some sort of historic sporting historical event and uh, what we have for this this week is uh, Messi, Lionel Messi, who Lionel. is who is a soccer player was age 17 and he debuted in his very first game for Barcelona. That's insane to me. What year did we say? What year was that? How long ago was that? Um, that's a great question. That was in 2004. 2004, so 17, 13. So he's only 30. It's You know what, though? That makes sense. You know, it feels like Messi has been around forever. Correct. And I'd say he's honestly, like, he probably is my favorite soccer, soccer, player. soccer player. Yeah. Just to watch. Like, I, I'm not a hardcore fan, but for me, like... Soccer players have this reputation of uh, floppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they go the slightest yeah. bit of contact, yeah, they I'm go down you. and they stay oh, down. Oh shoot! We watched the U.S. Trinidad, Trinidad, 
that Tobago game, right? And those guys were flopping all over the place. And it it really does give soccer such a bad rep. And you know what? For as big of a star as Messi is, I don't feel like he does that. Like, he takes advantage of the fact that, like, some guys might stop when they try to, you know, body him up. He just goes through the contact, gets by defenders, and, like... Well, you know, he's got that body strength to be able to withstand whatever it is that's coming his way so he can still do a slick move and get by. Yeah. Now, he's kind of dropped off a little bit. A little bit. You know, Cristiano is, is uh, Ronaldo has been able to, uh, I think, I think maybe step up his game a little bit more. He's definitely got more accolades as of late. Um, I think what's crazy to me about the Messi stat 17 years old playing for Barcelona. I mean, this is not just some normal this isn't even, this isn't some lower rung team. This isn't a normal team. This isn't even one of those super teams. This is the super team. Yeah, this right? is the like elite. the pinnacle of world soccer. Everybody knows Barcelona. Yes. And so you have a 17-year-old boy man yeah. who's playing for them. I mean, LeBron was not even so he he was over. I mean, he was eighteen, 18 or nineteen right. by the time he made it to the NBA. So, yeah, this, this is crazy. Seventeen years old, and I I could be wrong, but wasn't uh, Ronaldinho playing for Barcelona at the time? Probably potentially. Yeah. I mean, he was probably the name in right. soccer at the time. Right. So he's playing right next to this guy at this age of seventeen. So right. I mean, it's just that's insane to me. What do you what do you think about so when we look at when we look at translating that because it's a world game and translate that into American sports? You know, basketball for the longest time had the guys coming straight out of college or straight right. out of high school. Right. Uh, you know, most notably, I would say LeBron. LeBron. Yep. And then r- literally right behind him is Kobe Bryant. Kobe, uh, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Um, well, the first to do it, you know who the first to do it was? I don't. Moses Malone. Okay. So, Moses Malone. And the crazy part about Moses Malone is he got right out of high school and stuff like that, and everything, everybody thinks that here. He actually bounced around quite a bit at right. the beginning of right. his career before right. he really settled in with Philadelphia, but it's neither right. here nor there. But, you know, you got the Kevin Garnetts, the Kobe's, the LeBron's. Uh, Dwight Howard was one of those right. sh- straight out of uh, high school. So you have these elite players that are coming right out of high school. But on the flip side of that, you have probably, especially probably the last 10 years, Right. It's that's not the case as much. Yeah, you'll get that one guy. Well, I guess with the one-and-done rule, it's not necessarily Correct. The NCAA school. and the NBA kind of combined forces to stop that. Yes. And to give these guys one year, which I, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, is I one think year it's going to change again. And go back. I think it'll go back. Uh, whether it's, you know, that I think I heard somewhere, like, if they come right out of high school, they can go to the, I guess it's called the G League now. It's not okay. the D League, but the G League. But they can go there, you know, if they don't want to go to college, um... I've heard like which they, is stupid. I mean, what? it's just stupid. I mean, either let them play for the team, or or force them into one year. Right. It and it doesn't do college basketball any good. I mean, I don't think anybody wins because they're not 
they're not going to be ready by the, when they get to the NBA with one year in college, and then the one year in college isn't doing them any good either. A, from a student standpoint, they basically only have to take classes for a semester. Right. And then they're gone. And then I just don't... The coaches are basically trying to build a team or a program around maybe one or two guys. It's just like, now, Calipari's done it. I mean, he's kind of embraced it. Right, and I mean, you know, I'm a big Duke fan. Coach K has, has embraced it. It took him a little bit of time, I think, to get to that point. Um, but he's definitely, I think Kyrie was one of those that yes. was his first, you know, experiment, and that was a horrible experiment because Kyrie saying, was hurt the whole Yeah, time. I was about to say, Kyrie was kind of fluky. It's like, he didn't even play. Right. Uh, but I'll tell you one that kind of went against the grain a little bit was Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings didn't even go to college. He went overseas. Yeah. So he went overseas and played for a year or two before he went into the NBA draft. Right. And I think it worked out for him. I think it act, I think the overseas actually got him more ready for the NBA than college would have. I would I would imagine that's very correct. I mean again, college game which we both love. Oh yeah, there's so much disparity between teams and so you don't get that uh, competition level I think to prepare you for playing against the world's greatest basketball players. Right. And I so kind of jumping off, going back to like the general topic here, kind of going off um, basketball, the one I just kind of popped in my head is golf. So okay. golf at the age of, you know, 18, you're going into college, and there's not that many guys go pro right out of high school for golf. Maybe, I mean... Even Tiger Woods, arguably the greatest to ever do it, he went to Stanford for three years. Like, I I don't know if it's... I think there's a maturation that needs to take place. And for for a sport like golf, it's a mental one, not necessarily the physical part of it. Because a lot of these guys can hit the ball a long way, even at a young age. Right. You know, they have all the physical skills. It's just, it's yeah, you're right, a mental maturation process that they got to go through, but... And then the, you know, like the NFL makes tons of sense why college. Three years. Right. It makes tons of sense. I mean, you look at you look at college players and you think, my goodness, but then you put them next to a Ray Lewis, you know, and just get gobbled up. And then what about baseball? I don't know Baseball much. is kind of weird. So I have a buddy that is in, you know, college baseball as a coach. Um, if you go Division One. You have to wait three. You have to go like you can either you can get drafted. Right. If you decide to go, you go. So you go high straight school. to triple A or double or wherever it is. Wherever they you. wherever they send you. So if you get drafted right out of high school, you can go. But if you decide to go to college, you have to stay three years. Now, if you go to like a junior college, it's mm-hmm. two years, yeah. and like there's a bunch of like loopholes and stuff like that. But pretty much, baseball makes you stay three years before you can go pro. Right. Which, uh, I'm sure major league teams are back and forth on that. Um, I think if they see the potential in some of these guys, they would like to get them in their system right Right. away so they can, you know, develop them the way they want them to to develop. So, yeah, I, I, I don't want to continue to belabor maybe this topic. Uh, I think what I would like to do is sideline this and have a conversation later on, uh, about, the academy system for soccer and how that works um, and would America benefit 
from any of that with soccer, with basketball, um, with any other sport. So we'll, we'll table that. We'll bring it up at another point uh, in time. So another topic that I wanted to to bring up. So I was uh, so I was camping this weekend. Okay, okay. and uh, just real quick story. We were me and a buddy. Uh, we were camping and we woke up. It was like it was pretty remote where we were at. Uh, our campsite was on a sh- on a road, but there was nobody else camping with us. And so we wake up in the like 6, 7 a.m. to tons of trucks going up and down this mountain, up and down, up and down. And you hear these dogs barking out of the truck. And I'm like, it seems a little bit like... A, seems odd. It seemed like... A, well, it's odd to begin with, right? But I also was like, all right, I, I'm guessing they're raccoon hunting, but it, it seemed like a weird time to be doing that because it's early morning. And so we, we didn't get a chance to talk to any of the guys going up because they had wanted nothing to do with me and my buddy. And so later on that day, I was talking, I was walking down the mountain, I was doing some fishing, and I saw a DNR person. And I said, hey, what's up with these guys raccoon hunting? Because I saw them all morning and all early afternoon. And he's like, raccoon? He said, oh, no, no, no. They're bear hunting. Wow. And so these guys are hunting a bear. And I'm, I'm like, should I be nervous? And he's like, well, you should be wearing orange. I said, no, dude, I'm not nervous about them shooting me. Should I be nervous about this bear? <laughs> and they were like, well, if you hear dogs barking, that means they're chasing a bear down the mountain towards the guns. Wow. Pretty, that is pretty crazy. That is definitely an experience. Yeah. So were you like on high alert from there on? We were pretty high alert. We actually changed campgrounds. Uh, we moved, we picked up our stuff not necessarily because of the bear thing, but it didn't. It didn't hurt. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't hurt us. So, anyways, so we were driving. My buddy and I were driving home from Asheville, North Carolina, to uh, Danville, and we were watching the Red Zone Channel on his phone uh, through the through the car. So, like, one of us was driving and listening; the other was watching. Um, it, it made me. It brought up some thoughts for me, and I'm curious on what you think. Uh, in the NFL, I'm a Bengals fan. I'm a die-hard Bengals fan. Yes, I know. Yes, like I, we lost to the Steelers. I hate the Steelers. I can't stand the Steelers. Um, the Ravens. I'm really not a fan of the Ravens either. Can't stand the Ravens. Can't ever root for either of those two teams. Right. The Browns are just a laughing they stock. Are what right. They are. So I mean, but like those two teams never can root for them in the Super Bowl. Um, when the Ravens were playing the 49ers a few years ago, I was all Niners. And so it's just hard for me to root for these two teams. But I'm finding myself rooting for a lot of teams right now <laughs> because the Bengals are horrible. Fair. Like, you're an Eagles fan. Yes. Love my Eagles. I'm actually liking the Eagles right now. I, and I think, to your point a little bit, it's the makeup of the team as well. Not necessarily, like... So, you and I are friends, you know that I'm an Eagles fan. Right. I don't think that's necessarily... I think it's, you know, let's just take Carson Wentz, yeah. for example. He just he comes off as just a really good dude. Right. Like Agreed. And I think that can be part of it, not necessarily for the Eagles specifically, but in general, if you're just... If you're trying to find another yeah. team to look, I mean, for, I was I was for. pulling for the Seahawks uh, when they played the Broncos in the Super Bowl that year. Just picked, I just won. All the Peyton Manning fans just got on my nerves, um, and so that that kind of that kind of fueled the fire a little bit. But you know, 
I didn't care for Russell Wilson when he was at Wisconsin because he played against the Buckeyes, but now that he was on this other team, I mean, you're right. I, I like Russell Wilson. I couldn't stand Pete Carroll. See, in that's where football. That's, yeah, that's where I'm on the other side of that. I that's how my, like when the Seahawks and Patriots were playing, I was actually rooting for the Patriots. I don't. That's how much I hate Pete Carroll. Right. Like I cannot stand that guy. Okay. Where do you think there's a balance between the casual fan and the diehard fan? The. <sighs> I feel like the casual fans really don't have an interest. Like they don't, they don't have a team, right? Per se, uh, the diehards are always gonna, like, who's your team? And they'll, and they'll, and they'll rattle it off to you, right? No problem, without hesitation. Where your casual fan is like, eh, I'm, I'm. Uh, if they say I, my AFC team is this, and my NFC team yeah. that, I'm no, 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 no. You, I think those are your casual fans and. You know, fantasy football has a lot to do with this too. Right. And it's just nah. Do you do you I guess like do you feel like you look down on me for like I'll be honest with you. So last year I was pulling for the Cowboys. I was and I know you hate that, right? And everything inside of you churn, but for me it was like Tony Romo's probably his last year, right? Like you just you I felt bad for him and then Dak and all that stuff started happening. Uh Zeke Elliott, I mean I love him. I see now I get that though. But if a Buckeye goes to the Steelers or the Ravens, I hate them. I get that too. Yeah, like so I get, it, it's I, a very like, and maybe I'm unique, and I'd be curious if there's anybody else out there listening that is like me that, and maybe has everything to do with my team and never believing that we'll win a playoff game, never believing we'll get to a Super Bowl, never believing we'll win the Super Bowl, and it's like it's just I find myself kind of floating around. I'm pulling for the Bears right now. Uh, the Bears are a fun team. Fair. Did, okay, but, okay, sidebar on the Bears real okay, quick. Okay. Do you realize the Bears won a game where I Trubisky do. only I do. Comple- completed four passes? I do. And only threw it seven times. I do. I do. I'm fully aware of that. I'm fully okay. aware of that. I'm fully aware of that. I'm Let's fully aware of that. Uh, well, another, another topic for another time. Uh, yes. But when it comes to college football, though, I mean, I'm a Buckeye, through and through. Through and through. There's nobody I else I can root for. See, because there's not that. That there's not that other option for those players, I guess. Or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when they get drafted, they could go anywhere. Yeah. Whereas you know, college football, it's like. It's the roots. Right. Like I I don't know how I'm not explaining it very no. well. No, I almost. And maybe everything comes back to the Bengals. I don't know. Because when I think about the NBA, I'm a Mavericks fan and I'm a Pacers fan. I mean, I'm more Mavericks than Pacers. Uh, Why the Mavericks? When Dirk Nowitzki retires, I don't know if I can still remain a Mavericks fan. I don't know. I guess I was that. I I, 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 I can see that because when I was a kid, David Robinson was my guy. I mean, I got a picture of him right right over there. It was autographed. But... David Robinson was a guy, so I was a Spurs fan. I was yeah. a Spurs fan all the way. Even after he, he retired, I kind of just kind of stayed with him a little bit. And, you know, it, it was easy because they were good. They were good, right. But, you know, then it came to that point. It's like, mm, I really don't have much interest in him now. And then, you know, I went back to my hometown team, you know, the Pacers. So I'm a Pacer fan, and I'll admit it. So, I mean, I, I get that. 
Like, yeah. but we had that com- this conversation not that long ago. It feels like the NBA you lock onto players yeah. rather than teams. Right. So I don't know. So how hurt were you when you saw Gordon Hayward go down? That was one of the ultimate bummers. Like it's just six minutes into the game. First game of the year, prime time, everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. watching. Everybody's watching this game. And it's like the expectations for the Celtics were, you know, super high. Right. And then that just happens. And I didn't even watch the game. I All of a sudden, Twitter and Facebook absolutely blew up. Right. And I just hear, oh my. Oh no, Gordon. Gordon, Gordon, Gordon. Like, it was just like one of those things I was like, oh no. Uh, and I just kept saying to her, I was like, oh no, oh no. And then I actually, I didn't get to see the highlight. I saw a still picture of it. And I was like, oh my goodness gracious. Right. It. So I was watching it. <sighs> I had some friends over for dinner. They're not really into basketball. <laughs> and so like, I, I was watching it. I remember turning to talk to them, turning back, seeing Gordon on the ground and going... This is the worst case scenario for the Celtics for the NBA season. I mean, like, like it just takes away all this buildup that we had all summer long. When Kyrie came in, like everybody was even more excited that like this was the eventual Eastern Conference Finals yeah. matchup. Celtics, Cavs, does one of them? And you thought the Celtics had an opportunity to maybe dethrone the Warriors, even though the Warriors are having a pretty poor start. To their season, yep. who cares, right? Nobody cares. It's a no. long freaking That's why season. They play Eighty-two games. Yeah, it's so long. They're gonna be just fine when it gets uh, when it gets time for the playoffs. But yeah, it was such a bummer. Yeah, the the Gord- and you know, especially for, for people around here, he's a local kid. Yeah. You know, not just you know the Butler. He went to Brownsburg High School. Right. I mean, like. Everybody just, uh, it, it really turned your stomach a little bit because he legitimately, again, you know, he comes off as just a good dude. Like, right. And you don't, you hate seeing that for anyone, but especially for like, you know, just those genuinely good people, you know, that you can look up to and actually be role models for kids. Right. All right. So let me, uh, we're kind of wearing down on the time. That's all right. Let me uh, let me just kind of throw one last thing at you that we did not prepare for at all. Okay. Okay. Halloween is around the corner. Okay. You and I are both into scary movies, right? Kind of, sort of. Okay, maybe not. Do you have not as big as you? Let's okay. Well, I I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I live for them. Okay. Uh, do you have a top three? Top three scary movies of all time. Scary movies. Okay. Now, scary movie can be anything from a horror flick to something super suspenseful. Right. Uh, you know. My well, number one. All right. I have a number one, and I, it's like movies that can legitimately creep me out. Yeah. That you you yeah. rank high. Yeah. So. That number one for me is called The Mothman Prophecies. Yes. Right? Seen it? I have. Yes. Super good. Richard Gere. Yes. Uh, it, I think it's based on kind of... Truish stories. Truish, right. yeah. Like, 
It's play. It's, it's uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, I yeah, believe. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and if you go to Charlotte, which my younger sister lives in Charlotte, it, one route you take actually goes through Point Pleasant, which I have not taken that route yet, but yeah. I, I probably won't. Right. But Mothman Prophecies is probably my number one. Okay. Number two, go ahead. I, what what, gotta, what makes that so scary for you? I think, like, if, if it's based on truths... Yeah. Of some extent, you know, and it's just the creepiness factor. It's not the, you know, you know, jump out at you. Yeah. You know, the. Yeah, I want to throw out any of those movies out. They're, they're worthless. They're stupid. See, now, the one that kind of fits that bill, though, that kind of creeps me out, and I still think he's the creepiest, you know, horror movie villain, if that's yeah. what you want to call him. It's still Michael Myers, so yes. Halloween. Yes, the original. Ha- the original Halloween, so Mothman Prophecies. Halloween would probably be two. And the only reason I'm going to put this third one here is because when I went to go see it, I was in middle school, maybe, okay. like seventh grade. Okay. And it, it it was one of those that just creeped me out, and I think it was Blair Witch Project. Okay. This is very interesting. Okay. So my... Number one is going to be Blair Witch Project. Fair. I like. I, I, and I'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. My number two is also going to be Halloween. And then my number three is a movie called The Strangers. And it is a... Is that with Nicole Kidman? No. no. And maybe I'm, the maybe I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm thinking it's The Strangers. I'll tell you what it's about. It's about a couple that's in a house and somebody uh, knocks on the door and runs away. And so they go and answer it. No one's there. Right. And so, and and I mean, that's probably happened to a lot of people. Oh yeah. And it's so just a, it's, it's a harmless prank correct. that kids play correct. on people. So this prank continues on and on, and, and their anxiety builds, uh, and and it's one of those just psychological thrillers. Uh, it is terrifying. It is terrifying. <laughs> uh, Halloween, you know, I, I think for the same reasons that you were probably thinking, it, it's original. Uh, it's simple. Yes. It's just simple, like scare, like just shock. And I mean, the gore is not there like it would be in a normal movie today. Right. And I think that, yeah, Movies today kind of go for that. Like, they want the blood, and, you know, they kind of almost want to gross you out more right. than anything. Whereas, I feel like the original horror film genre right. was more about creeping you yes. out and just making you feel uneasy. Yes. Just, so, you well, know. I remember watching it next to a window, like, and then the tree branch hit the window. Literally. And you know you just pee a little, like, like because you're just expecting that. And the music, yes, classic. You don't need much. Classic right. music. You don't need much. It's just basic music. You go to any haunted house today, and I guarantee they've got some sort of form of that soundtrack. So creepy. So the Blair Witch Project. I saw that when I was in high school. So, so yeah, that so fits our timeline. So I remember driving to this artsy fartsy theater in Cincinnati because it was not in any of the mainstream theaters. And when I first saw it, so I saw it before it hit any mainstream. And the word on the street was, this is real. And and this was before the internet. So this is way before you had any opportunity to debunk something for somebody to watch it and tweet out, what a dumb, you know what I mean? Like anything like that. 
And so my buddies and I, and we grew up camping, so we spent lots of time in the woods. We go see this movie in this artsy theater, uh, and it is utterly terrifying. Yes, because you're, that's exactly what you started out with is exactly the reason. Because everyone thought it was real. Yes. Everyone thought it was, you know, th- these true events. You know, someone just found all these, you know, right. handheld film right. videos and kind of pieced them together and made right. a horror film. Yes. That's exactly the reason. It yes. absolutely terrified me. Yes. The, the scene at the end where she runs down into the basement and sees the dude, I mean, yeah. Even knowing that it's fake. Now. Yes. Still creeps you out. So when we got done, there were, I mean, literally, there were people crying in the theater, just that scared. And we had to drive back to my buddy's house who lived in the middle of the woods. Oh, no. Horrible, horrible life choice that we made. So, it's actually funny. So, the only way I knew or had an inkling that this was kind of, you know, crap you know what I mean, is I saw the female lead of that movie uh-huh. in a commercial like a couple weeks after I watched the movie and I just kind of, I, I looked at it and I was like, I think I was with a friend, I looked, I was like, was that the girl from Blair Witch Project? Yeah. I was like, so then it started coming around, I was like, ah, okay. Right. So, but, you know, it was kind of the first of its kind, Very I first, guess, you right. know, that you know, just handheld and... You and I listen to uh, Unwatchables a lot, right? Rewatchables. Rewatchables, sorry. And uh, one of the things that they constantly talk about is what is age the worst? And, you know, it's the cell phone thing. Yeah. And so, like, I think it's hard for people to remember a time when movies were there without cell phones and without and without uh, internet. I will make a case for Blair Witch, and that that particular point doesn't necessarily because there are some people out, some people that they want to get out into the woods so they yeah, can yeah. get away from technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm not, yeah. I, I think I screwed up the way of what I was trying to say. But no, I'm with you. Like I understand what you're saying. Well, so, I was just in North Carolina and didn't have any coverage. Yeah. I was in the. I mean, this is yesterday. You know, like three days ago, had no coverage. So. Uh, Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys get out, watch some scary movies. Let us know what you would call your top three. I'm mind. I'm just mind blown that without any kind of prep work, that you and I have two of the three that we share that, uh, and I, that yeah. it's Blair Witch. Like yeah. I felt like I was alone. On I, I, it's. I think it is. It's a generational type movie. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I. I guess I'm not completely surprised. There, when I was younger, there were quite a few movies that gave me. The, I was afraid of E.T. as a kid, so <laughs> there, there's that. So, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised a little bit, but I wouldn't say I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, Halloween. I, I think that most people would have that movie in their top, uh, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe again, if if you're listening, if you think we're way out of bounds on the Blair Witch, let us know. If you would agree with us. Let us know. We'd just love to know what you guys are thinking. Yeah, I mean, Halloween right around the corner. Please be safe. Um, I believe for Danville, it's Friday or Saturday. I have, I have no idea. I haven't even looked that up. Uh, why is it Halloween on Halloween? 
Well, they they like to do it on a weekend so you can stay out a little bit. I don't know though. Dude. I could be I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could this be wrong. is what's wrong with America. <laughs> Halloween is Halloween. All right, Matt, you got anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Um, we'll kind of. I will say, speaking of Halloween, though, the student council is doing their safe trick-or-treats at the high school, I believe, uh, tomorrow night, actually. Okay. We're, taping, we're taping this on a Tuesday. Um, so Wednesday so night. So Wednesday night, I believe, safe trick-or-treat is doing it at the awesome. high school. Awesome. Good the to know. The auxiliary gym. So. Got to get my kids out for that. Yep, it'll be good. All right, friends, uh, have a great rest of your week. Get out on Friday night. Support the Warriors. Go Danville. Beat Tri-West. Peace. Peace out.